Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host today, Rich Polly. I'm slowing it down because I listened back to the introduction of the last podcast and I realized how quickly I do that little spiel. Uh, joining me today, uh, at the minute, I've got um, the jolly green giant, Liam Baker. Buongiorno. How are we? Very happy. Thank you. How are you? I'm still breathing. So terribly. <laughs> still still not being caught up with by the entirety of the Italian X-Wing population. Still on the run. No. I heard they're all keyboard warriors anyway. <laughs> um, ben will be joining us at some point, but he's just having some technical difficulties. Um, so I suspect he's having to ask his missus how to turn the computer on or something. Um, but uh, in his place instead, we've got somebody who is probably more handsome, um, but definitely more successful. It's Robin Farndon. Hello, mate. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Uh, we always get people on who win the big events. <laughs> it's just like, it, it's like, yeah, let's get people who can actually play the game and win stuff on, because most of us like always finish like reasonably well, but never win stuff. So like Liam finishes top four in the Sith Taker Open every year. It's just <laughs> <laughs> not every year. It was top 16 for the first one I went to. Oh, I mean, that in and of itself isn't bad, but yeah. Was that the one where there was only, you know, 19 people at it or something? Uh, I think there was like 64. Oh, I'll let you off then. In the pre-COVID times. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool. Um, so bit bit of a spoiler if you've not um, heard it already, but uh, Robin won the UK, uh, what's this, the London Grand Tour, London Grand, the LGT World's Qualifier in London uh, that was held this, this weekend gone. So congratulations. Woo-woo. Soundboard applause, something uh, post production. I don't know. Um, well done, mate. Well done. Uh, how was the day for you? Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was. It was really, really good. Uh, I I went into it. I was looking at the list of players who were registered. As like we mm-hmm. we got to the hotel and I was going through this people who were registered. And I was like, good lord, that's so many names I recognise. I'm gonna I'm gonna be lucky to go three two here. Uh, yeah absolutely absolutely um and then things just kept going right uh from that point onwards uh it was it's a bit unexpected it's my first event making kind of like cut at something above kind of like a regional level so um mm-hmm. it's all it's all been a bit a bit out of the blue <laughs> okay okay i mean we're, we're gonna come around to the list that you were that you were flying in a little bit mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it a bit um but yeah, I mean, I, I looked down the list of people. I know they had 32 tickets sold. They had, uh, so it was at capacity or it was at, at the reduced capacity as as far as we could go. But then there was a few no-shows. Um, so it was, a, it was a small but perfectly formed event. And as you previously kind of mentioned, there were a lot of incredibly strong players there. Um, and it was, uh, was it five rounds of Swiss and then cut to uh, eight, cut to top eight. wasn't it? Okay, and you topped Swiss, is that right? Uh, yeah, technically undefeated, with uh, with a draw somewhere in the middle of the day to uh, just just complicate the scoring. Okay, so I was going to say we can skip past your first round opponent because that was Tim, but he might get a bit grouchy. But he could probably also um, he could probably also give us some um, some like views from the other side of the table um, as well. So um, I'm going to talk about your list before I kind of get too garbled and move on to other stuff mm-hmm. and then and then forget about it. So I was going to talk about this list as of the middle of last week because we discussed last week that 
somebody won something in Germany. I think the Berlin Store Championships um, yep. was won by a resistance list. And we, we didn't know what it was because it wasn't on there. And a couple of the guys um, who listened to the podcast um, kind of reached out and said, oh, his list's been uploaded now because he heard the podcast and he's immediately gone and uploaded it. And it was this Lando thing. And I went, yep. oh, that's interesting. I have a look at that. And so I was like posting it around a couple of places going, this looks really good. And then I logged on to Firecast because Tim said, I'm playing against something. And Pond had put the wrong list up. So it looked like on overlay. I don't know if you, you knew about this. Was it? It's kind of a little, little bit of color. On overlay, it said Han, Fen, ah. Kyo, something. The, the deeply everybody... illegal resistance hand. Yeah. So everybody was going, everybody was going, oh, Han, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then I was like, that's not Han. And I was like, what do you mean it's not Han? I was like, well, it's not Han because you can't fly Han with three Y-wings and, and a T-70. Um, I suspect that that is Lando, three Y-wings and a T-70. Um, at which point, Pond told me I was wrong and it was definitely Han twice before realizing by looking at the screen with his eyes that he was incorrect um, and made the kind of, oh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's that thing. So I was like, oh, what's this for a bit? Um, so very, very quickly, can you skip us through kind of the, the meat of the list? Um, other than it's got Lando three Y-wings and a T-70. Do you want to just put a little bit of flesh on the bones of that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the the kind of like, first of all, um, absolutely not my creation. Have you, as you've said, uh, like I, I have ruthlessly netlisted this um, because uh, as I was the like the week and a half before the event, I'd been doing some play testing with like the first order thing that I'd won a store championship with. Um, sadly, a little bit under the threshold to get the invite. So was going into this with some stakes. And I was just having a gut instinct about my first order list. Something wasn't clicking. This didn't feel right. I didn't feel comfortable going into the event with this. Mm-hmm. So the Wednesday night before the event, I was like, I desperately need to find something to fly. Found, saw this online. I was like, that's weird and interesting. I want to give it a go. Stick it on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a couple of games with it on Wednesday night. I was like, there's really something here. Um, yeah. A lot of people can you can quite easily look at this and be like it's just another falcon list but i think it works really really significantly differently um to either han or poe who are both kind of like very much orientated around that ship in terms of its like um offensive output and how it um positions itself on the board and can just kind of like leverage that high initiative and high firepower to kind of like really mm-hmm. um put pressure on everything else this is much more about lando partly having consistency of firepower from ray um, but mostly just being able to cascade actions wildly out across the board uh, to every other ship in the list, which yeah. importantly, so, sorry, go on. Um, importantly, that means all of these low initiative Y wings you've got, which are on paper a huge chunk of health, but very little offensive output that you can easily leverage, become much more efficient when someone at I five is being like, all three of you can have actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's coming from the fact that Lando's ability, if you do a red action, then you can spend his charges and he's got three of them and one of them recurs to give other people at range zero to two an action, even if they're stressed. OK, um, so let's let's just break this down a little bit. So we're, we're going to start off the, the list itself. It's got Lando and the Falcon. He's got C-3PO mm-hmm. and Ray Gunner. 
and those are the relevant things. Plus contraband cybernetics because it's handy because um, it allows you to do red actions when stuff happens that you don't want to happen. Um, so you don't have engine upgrade because you don't want to not be doing red actions. So you want to be doing red actions. So basically Lando moves and then usually coordinates with C3PO because that's a red action that gets him a calculate as well. So he gets yeah. 1.5 actions out of that himself because he coordinates somebody and he gets a half action back himself in that calculate. Um, he then, the, the ship that he coordinates takes an action. He then can spend any number of his three recurring charges to take another action um, or to let somebody in note to two of him take another action, which means that the ship that he's just coordinated can then do something like a boost or a target lock or whatever. If they've already got an, a, a focus, they can take a lock. So you've got an I-1 and two I-3 Y-wings carrying missiles and Eloasti at I-5 carrying missiles as well. They can all, basically, if you coordinate one, you can then spread the three actions that you've got to give out to the other three for, for an initial really nasty alpha. There is some kind of rude stuff that you can do with Lando by himself as well. So you can like sloop and then you can rotate, which or not so well you can move, then you can rotate your turret, which is a red action, which you can then spend a charge to do a boost using the title, which is another red action. So you can spend another charge to take like a focus or a lock or something. Um so there's a whole lot of as long as you keep doing red actions with Lando, you can keep chaining actions to him personally. Um or you can, as as we said, just double mod all of your friends, which is really, really dirty. Um, and then, so that's Lando. You've also got the 3 three-point Y-Wing. So you've got Chorus Capellum, who's a secret little nasty creature that exists at I-1. And we don't often see him because he's I-1. But his ability is that when he activates, he steals a green token from somebody in his arc at range 1. Um, and he's got a dorsal turret, so he can grab that. And he's got cluster missiles. So at I-1, he can block somebody. Then things follow up behind him, and he gets a lock on the things behind, and he gets to fire cluster missiles into them. Probably double-modded, because somebody in his arc at 0 to 1 hasn't spent their focus token. Um, so it gives your friends a question. And then there's, what, diamond boron missiles? You you talk through it, Robin, because yeah, it, it breaks my head, and you've just won an event with it. You've got all yeah. sorts of stuff. So um, you're spot on uh, about Chorus. Um, that ability is incredibly good, and the only thing holding it back is it being Initiative 1, and that doesn't really hold it back that much. Um, the kind of... I don't want to say the weak link in the list, but the one the the one part of this list that you're kind of like look at and you're desperately like, I wish this had just a little bit more loadout uh, is Lego Fossang, um, who does not have quite enough loadout to be able to fit wartime loadout and some munitions and a turret. And yep. not having that dorsal turret does make um, make them feel like a slightly clumsier piece to use because you're very much kind of like fixed into that um, front arc approach. But you can uh, get some diamond boron missiles on there, which is useful both in terms of the three dice firepower, but also for those occasions where you've just got a whole bunch of stuff all at low agility clumps together, which in this current environment in particular is quite a common occurrence. Yeah, like three arcs flying next to each other. It's fantastic for that. I, and you could put concussion missiles on there if you wanted as a as a different as a different three dice missile. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then you lose that splash damage, which is obviously uh, in there for good reason. You lose the splash, but you'd you'd gain um, 
flipping some damage cards, which again, with this kind of like orientation towards a lot of hull on the board, maybe not a bad shout either. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got uh, Sasha's Arrow uh, with a dorsal turret wartime loadout and some plasma torpedoes. Um, Sasha's fantastically helpful uh, in terms of just giving you that bit of kind of like insurance for when Lando and Ello haven't put out quite as much damage as you'd like. Someone's still sat there with some shield left and those plasma torpedoes are suddenly working almost like they're proton torpedoes uh, and just setting everyone else up nicely uh, below that. Um, Her ability is nice as well. I was going to say it is it is also a somewhat relevant ability if she ends up defending uh, and has a green token then she can after defending copy that green token back onto a friend in her rear arc um, so I'm, I'm going to ask you a question about triggers did you trigger lega fossang's pilot ability at any point over the weekend absolutely not <laughs> because you I'm, could it's technically possible with lando getting a calculate from coordinating yeah. if you're shooting if lando's behind them and leg is in front of them, or you're on opposite sides of them, and leg is shooting, and Lando's in the attack arc as well. You could you could re-roll an attack dice on that two dice primary shot that you you're taking. Um, yeah, maybe not. Eh? Unlikely. It, it could come up, but the re- the real limiting factor there it's the combination of needing the cal- calculate and it being uh, primary or turret only for yeah, yeah. leg's ability, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, uh, is, and yeah. you never want her shooting either of those. It wants to be the diamond borons. Um, then you've got uh, LO as our remaining piece Um, and there's a few different upgrades on here the marksmanship's helpful for crits uh, which in particular if you're playing uh, salvage mission is great for just like making sure you can knock those boxes off you've got heroic because you know it's resistance you take heroic Uh, and then you've got some magpulse warheads and ammunition fail safe Um, the magpulse warheads genuinely I think won, won me three of my games over the course of this weekend yeah like absolutely key piece to the list um that access to both jams and crits and depletes all in one package on a t70 that people are not particularly wanting to treat as the first priority target in the list either um it's just a huge amount of utility and then you've just got lo's great pilot ability of those uh white talon rolls uh, as well yeah the the i must admit when i saw the list last week um and i was looking at it i was thinking lo could be a better build like my my initial thought i looked at it and i thought you can because you don't have anything else on you strip off magpulse warhead you put an r6 d8 and then you get free native rerolls you've got loads of ships that aren't going to be trying to side arc anyway in the y-wing so you're going to have tons of rerolls why aren't you just putting r6 d8 plus heroic plus something else on him this makes no sense but then i gave the the list a couple of turns around the board on tts Mm -hmm. and i realized that the because you can guarantee that double modded three dice, almost guarantee it, I should say, with Lando's ability triggering to give Elo the, the the double mods that he needs, that mag pulse doing all of the other stuff. Like it's almost like you look at munitions fail safe and that's like there's nothing else to spend those two points on. There's no good two point um talent. There's no good two point anything else to spend there. Um, Elo doesn't need an R4 astromech. So, you know, you put failsafe on whatever. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, But that Magpulse Warhead, as you say, you jam somebody's mod off and you deplete them. So they're throwing a three dice unmodded range one attack instead of a four dice unmodded range, uh, four dice modded range one attack um, can do a huge amount. Um, So, I mean, it's it's a really interesting list, right? Um, Yeah. 
like I looked at it and I thought this looks like exactly the kind of thing that I would enjoy playing um, because it's got all those weird little interactions and weird little janky things going on and the nonsense you can pull with Lando. We talked about it when he first came out and it was just like, um, and we hadn't even spotted the C3PO thing at that point. It was just like, you know, you can boost, you can rotate, then you can do the other one and you can pass actions to all your friends. And, you know, I think I tried it with a bunch of A-wings and was like, yeah, this is fun. But um, yeah, that Lando is just nonsense. And it, I am so happy that somebody in Germany, absolute legend, has found this list. Oh, it's... I'm, I'm very happy that you, Robin, have won something with it. So Thank that's you. Two, two big tournaments that have been won by this weird first look at it and think, how does that work list? And I mean, I guess like my next question to you is how many of the games that you won do you think you won because your opponent looked at your list across the board and went, back and joust that? And they were wrong. Um, there's a couple of them, I think. Um, uh, I think there were a fair number of people who looked at the Y-Wings and were like, actually, I don't think I want to joust that because I'm just doing the maths and that's 27 health worth of Y-Wings. So the number of shots I need to invest to kill one of these versus the amount of return fire I'm going to get back. Like, it's three points if you take one of those Y-Wings off the board. Um... But um, no, there were a couple. There, were, I think there were definitely a couple of the games where um, ships ran in towards me, just in a kind of like a, I don't want to say kind of like an incautious way, but just people kind of like not quite necessarily fully clicking on what every part of this did all at once, which is you know completely reasonable because there's three Y wings in there with pilot abilities that you've got no idea what they do because no one ever flies them. Uh, and then Lando with a pilot ability that you don't know because everyone's very reasonably looking at the other Falcons. Mm. Uh, even even within Resistance, the Falcons you tend to see array and Poe for again very good reasons. Excellent pilot abilities, raise like sort of incredible damage output. Um, so I get why Lando's kind of blown a bit under the radar. Um, a, a little bit less so for me because. Um, in my local playgroup in Norwich, we've got um, a guy called Max who is like an absolute mad scientist X-Wing list builder and just kind of like, you'll you'll show up to an event and he's shown up with something that's kind of like what looks on paper, like a, a collection of some jank, and then you'll get to turn two and suddenly five different things will happen and you'll find out that you're about 10 points down suddenly. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'd seen him like utilise Lando a little bit and I think that's partly what drew me towards... Um, the uh the list from the berlin open uh just because i saw that and i was like i know that's an interesting ship yeah um i mean just to get a perspective from the other side of the fence um ben has advised he's not going to turn up which means that tim's going to get to talk for a bit um hello tim uh also joining us tim king um you played robin in round one it was on stream how like what was your th- kind of thought process when you saw the list across the table and, and what was kind of your approach um, I mean, I, I think I was generally happy with it. It, it. The problem with resistance is, even if it's this sort of list, or if it's um, you know the forty seventies and Zori or something like that, for me, it, it just it's it's just a very dicey game. Um, certainly, so basically, my list at the moment, I'm, I'm running uh, Padme, three arcs, and Luminara. Um, so it all can come down to dice. Um, 
and I felt that I can out joust it, and I still feel like I can out joust that list. And um, through a couple of unfortunate turns of event, I just wasn't able to um, kill a Y wing in the first engagement. Um, good old blinded pilot coming up at the wrong time, but you know those sort of things happen. Um, but you know, I felt I was in in that game for quite a while. Um, I mean, certainly, um, Elo is a lot softer, sort of a target to kill. Um, and Lando is a big points pin pinata if you can pop him. Um, but the way I looked at it is because the Y wings are one agility and the arcs are, are rolling, you know, three or four red dice that I can just push damage. And I've got a plasma torpedo on, on Padme as well. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, if, if things do click, um, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to initiative kill a Y-Wing, um, or at least, um, I think, I forget which one it was, but it was one of the initiative three ones that was in front of Jag, um, that we, you know, I should hopefully have popped uh, that. I mean, like some of the other jousts I had over the weekend, I mean, I was killing a X-Wing or T-70 for a few shields on some of my arcs. Yeah. Um, mm. And, you know, and I, I mean, I, I think um, I was very aware that I don't think I rolled any paint on any of my green dice in that first engagement as well, uh, or at least very little. Oh. So what you say, what you're saying is that Robin diced you, right? No, 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 not, <laughs> no, not no, at all. I'm being, but, I'm being, I'm being mean. I'm being mean. But what, what, what it meant was, was what I thought was a fair exchange. Um, certainly turned out to be a very unfair exchange. Now, Jag actually. Um, I think I think Jag was on about four health with the blinded pilot, and mm -hmm. the Y wing was on three health. But Jag next turn could do a four K, and nothing could shoot Jag. So I was like, okay, yes, all right. Jag got, took an absolute pasting, but actually was still alive and was still able to shoot next turn. And then mm -hmm. yeah, I, and next turn it just meant that Oddball or whoever, um, in a way wasted their their first shot to kill that Y wing, um, which I did pop that y-wing that turn um so like you know it was a very scrappy game um and, and robin flew it well um i don't think i flew it badly um it was just one of those games and it is at the end of the day there is an element of you know randomness in the games um that you know certainly my list has a little bit of um redundancy around building that you know with the jag locks and passing tokens and this that and the other um, yeah. but you know it's um no it was it was you know executed well and and one thing i would say about robin's list is that I, mean, I play an awful lot of x-wing and i know pretty much what most of my opponents lists do but there were definitely elements of that resistance list that i wasn't a hundred percent on like mm -hmm. i had a vague idea of what the y-wings abilities were but i didn't know them well enough to to kind of expect them like the abilities to happen when so at one point i think you did take a focus off wolf but it's like yeah. you know the, 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 that wasn't a game defining sort of thing that just happened because like you say initiative one you know what do you need that extra focus token on because actually that turn i wasn't shooting you um yeah but it, yeah it's in it's in like it's as you say it's interesting there's a lot of jank rolled up in in the lando interaction um, and it's got a really powerful alpha strike. Um, I think what it's got is that, like the the two lists, um, like your, your list and this list are very similar in a way in that there's a lot of one green dice ships um, mm. in it. 
um, and one green dice ships have the 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 weird binary thing of some games you just roll and evade all the time mm. with your one green dice. Like I remember using Venny, and I also remember when I was using the peacetime version of the Y Wings with Poe. I played in, I think it was in one of the Board and Brum tournaments, and it was like for the first three turns, every time my opponent shot at a Y Wing, it just it was a natural evade and it was getting to the point where it was ridiculous. It was like 10 for 10 or something. And I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry, but sometimes this happens. Sometimes it goes the other way and you never see an evade. And yeah. I remember when I was using Venny a lot, the, um, you always knew when your one green dice ship had rolled evades because the game always felt more comfortable because you yeah. hadn't been just leaking points. Like any one of these Y wings will die if it gets targeted down lander will die if he gets targeted down um but you've got to make sure that you finish the job because they can kind of move deceptively quickly and um, all of the ships in this list can move deceptively quickly because even though they're not the intuitive y wings they can still do a three straight and then they can still boost um and then lando can still give them an action even while stressed so then they can barrel roll and they'll be double stressed or they can just take a token, but they can still shift if they need to. And that's, I think, the interesting thing about the list is that um, it, it almost gets the maneuverability that you can get out of the intuitive interface versions of the Y-Wings, but with the health um, of the wartime loadout. I agree with you, by the way, it's a crime that Lega Fossang doesn't have nine loadout, the same as the rest of them. Um, like the rest of them have all got just enough loadout that you can do what you want with them um but she just doesn't um she's like we're just one point shy there's not even a missile that you can take that that allows you to squeeze in a dorsal turret there's just nothing you can do if you take wartime loadout um she's not in she's not in to be a wartime loadout y-wing but she's three points so she fits um one thing i did sort of comment on the list is i th- I, I i think i did mention that I, I felt it was a good toolbox and so there's lots of different things out there lots of different munitions um, so that will help in a you know a variety of different situations. Um, yeah, it's like you know the mag magpole situation is great, but some games you may never fire it. Like I don't think you fired it against me. Um, no, but no. I, I, through, throughout our game, I was like, no, I need Elo's guns and the potential damage output here. Um, what what you've what you'd got against me was just so much so much health and so much firepower just doing things like chipping off a focus token with the amount of other mods and your token sharing from born for this as well the jam has a much more limited impact uh, yeah. i think there yeah well. absolutely but but yeah but then against other lists that that jam can be like key like you come up against a decimator or um there's a, a few vcx's knocking around um yeah. yeah and just the ability to be able to jam off that uh reinforce at initiative five is is massive um but yeah it's no yeah, it's good uh, absolutely like um i had i ended up having uh two games with dale cromwell um mm-hmm. in first in swiss and then in the cut um and in both cases i think what made those games winnable for me was being able to almost guaranteed take that reinforced token off chopper and then kill him in two turns whereas if chopper's got that reinforced token you just mathematically can't do that yeah, yeah. I, I, I must admit i looked at dale's list and i thought you know he's a good pilot when he's able to fly that 
to success because that there was some crazy nonsense going on. We'll, we'll chat about it a little bit. Actually, we mm. might as well chat about it now, to be honest with you, because um, we've been through kind of, as I think we've talked through the list end to end. It's the new hotness. Um, somebody asked about club night tomorrow. Um, is anybody going to not be flying a Falcon? And there was a certain element of tumbleweed. And it was like, well, I might not fly a Falcon, but I've got one in my bag. Um, so, um, so, We've already had a quick chat about the fact that it was um, a top eight cut and it was five rounds. Uh, you were the only undefeated player. Um, then you went through undefeated. So you basically had, what was it, eight games of X-Wing yep. over the weekend? Yeah, five and then another three, eight, four, two, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, really well done. Like, massive um, plaudits because it's not like, you know, you had a, a scrappy one. There was a couple of three and twos got into cut, um, you know, and, and then... You know, went out at uh, in in top eight, but um, you know, you've you've dominated the tournament, so like really well done. Um, just to run down the kind of top, um, we'll go through the top eight. There was a lot, and I, I mean, I posted a picture up. Um, so there was one list that didn't that, that that wasn't rebel or resistance. Um, there were seven falcons in the top eight and there were two lists that didn't have a falcon because one one of the lists had two falcons in it um that got in which was was one of the resistance lists but um so we've done uh robin's list to um to death at this point so i'm, I'm going to try not to talk about it the next list which is another one that really did pique my interest was the other one that ended up on top table which was i think cam galloway um yeah. so he flew um anakin uh in anetta um which doesn't have any shields, but it doesn't matter when you shoot single modded plasma torpedoes into it on the top table of the world's <laughs> qualifier, does it, Robin? Um, uh, I, I never, hate never, never leave your etta without an evade token. Lesson um, Cam and I were stood looking at the table, first of all, not believing what had just happened and not fully processing what had happened with that dice roll. And then, um, like the guys on the, um, uh, the, the stream were saying they've not cottoned on that the game's over at this point have they <laughs> yeah so so basically anakin did a did a k turn and um whichever one lego had taken a a lock with uh, a plasma torpedo or Asher, Asher, yeah had taken a lock for a plasma torpedo but it was single modded with because uh, lando was off the board at this point in time and it was like well i i, I could almost see your thought process going well i'm gonna throw this because i might get one to stick and make him worried and it's chance engagement so i might get you know i might get lucky in my half him here and we'll mm. see but i probably won't because he's got full force and he's you know he's got three greens we'll see what happens and i think he rolled hit crit crit like so st stupid roll it was like it's fine it's a plasma torpedo if he gets any paint one of those crits goes away if he gets two paint both of the crits go away um so you know it's fine well he just rolled three blanks and everybody stood and looked at the table for a bit and then after about 10 or 15 seconds went oh he's dead <laughs> that was brilliant <laughs> i was watching on stream and it was just it was so apparent what what was going on like with the the body language and, and what we could see of your hands and stuff and the movement it was like it was almost like you know you were going right and now the next ship and then you realized that there wasn't going to be a next ship because you you just got the points you needed to win and get over 20 um so anyway, Cam's list was um, was Anakin and Anetta, Kickback from Siege of Coruscant, Jag, uh, not Jag, sorry, Oddball and Wolf from Siege of Coruscant, and then Mace Windu in a 
uh, 7B Ether Sprite, which is an interesting uh, one. He's a five pointer, but he is the three red version, um, which is interesting. And this is the other list that I've packed for playing at club night tomorrow. So I'm either going to be flying your list, Robin, or or Cam's list tomorrow night um, for a Excellent. couple of games when I go club, because these have both kind of piqued my interest. Um, if we run down the lists after that, we've kind of got, um, so congratulations to, um, I'll go through, uh, Louis Leong, who flew the same list that he flew at the UK Games Expo, but I think with a, a couple of minor upgrade changes, but it was the Falcon A-Wing X-Wing Fang um, version with um, Hera and Burka um, over Fenn. Um, then uh, Dale with his Chopper, Pan, Wedge, and oh, who was his other A-Wing? Hera. It's not Keel. Yeah, it's Hera. Um, Tim Gronenberg, who flew um, hand with three X-Wings rather than um, any of the other hand plus combos. It's uh, We've not seen the three X-Wing uh, variant before, so that's that interesting was, to see. That was my round five game, uh, mm. and it's it's actually an incredible list. Like, um, you look at the components, and you're a bit like, it feels a bit kind of... What's the word I want, want to say here? There's something that feels very kind of like um, vanilla almost about kind of like, oh, it's a Falcon and three X-Wings. Um, but then once you've got the, you cotton on to the fact that all of those X-Wings are I-5, they've got strong, good abilities. Corrin is so good at then leveraging everyone else's dice mods. You've got those Magpulse Warheads for those kind of like clutch moments. And you've got what Tim absolutely did was ruin... Uh, LO with Thane's proton rockets. Like I, I had a full health uh, T70 turn two of engagement go from absolutely fine to completely dead from Thane just being like, no, I'm going to just quietly close close my wings here, barrel boost 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 myself into um, the bullseye arc, and then thanks to Corrin have like full double mods on this proton rocket, and it's mm-hmm. really really smart bit of list design there. Actually, I'm uh, I'm very impressed by it. Yeah, it's very nice. It's very nice, um, and and as you say, it's a it's another one of those lists that I I particularly like looking at because it's the kind of thing where somebody walks past your table when you're playing and goes, ah, oh, cool X wing, because it's mm. got three X wings and a Millennium Falcon on the table. You know, it's it's very obviously, uh, you know that. Um, uh, after that, Nick Farcast, um, who flew the three X. Um, Zori and Lulu, um, resistance five ship beef combo, which is really effective. Um, Higo from the 186 of Cormac Higgins um, with the Han Han Fang AX combo. And then Hamdam who I think that's James, um, who flew the double full. Is it not? No, it's David Hammond. David Hammond, okay. One of the Mandos. Uh, okay, David Hammond. Sorry, David, I nearly um, gave your credit to some other randomly named person. Um, So with double falcon x-wing and a pod in resistance so um it's a very interesting one um so i think it was ray yeah it's ray plus lando so you weren't the only lando in cut weird nobody expected one and there were two (laughs) Um, so ray uh ray with heroic novice technician rose fin engine upgrade and and Millennium Falcon title, which is a fairly standard loadout. Then Lando with Resistance Leia, so that makes you can make your sloops white, basically. Um, contraband Cybernetics and Engine Upgrade, so fairly light on the upgrades. Um, trying to leverage those abilities by doing sloops, rotates, and you can choose to do a red boost, I guess. Uh, BB-8 with Ferrosphere and Automated Target Priority, and then Eloasti with M9G8, so probably giving rerolls to Lando, maybe. 
or maybe just even making Ray even more scary, but probably Lando. I mean, there's a lot of power in that list. That's a very, very, very punchy list. So oh, there's there's so much. I I ended up playing uh, Dave twice again. Um, I, he was my round four in Swiss, and then we were matched uh, in the top eight. Um, and it's 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 very interesting how different his Lando works to mine. It's not leveraging that C3PO uh, coordinate. It's not going for the pure kind of like action cascade. But the layer crew in there is a real secret source uh, because it just transforms what other elements of the list can do. Uh, and yep. in particular, it means that Lando's dial suddenly goes from being mostly white to mostly blue. Yes. So all of those stressful actions that you're doing, you've still got those hard turns available that you want to do. Because one of the really limiting factors when you're flying Lando without that, when you're flying the C3PO version, you're always stressed and you're on this very kind of like predictable path or you're having to end up double stressing yourself or burning your contraband cybernetics or whatever else it might be to do various different um, elements of your list. Whereas this gives you a huge amount of flexibility for both Lando and every other ship in your list. And it meant that Ray could do things like do white sloops and then go into a white boost and not be stressed at the end of all of it. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's really good. And it is utterly terrifying to have those as, as happened in my um first game with him those two falcons both ending up in range of one of your y wings shooting at it turn one of in turn one of the game like nice. <laughs> and and with ray as well even if those are range three obstructed shots there's no guarantee that that's not going to be a decent chunk of damage still being pushed through because it's four dice effectively yeah. i can um, easily half you can easily yeah 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 um i got a little bit fortunate on my green dice there as as you were saying sometimes like you you roll green dice and they just one one green dice will effectively turn into a reinforced token uh, mm-hmm. and it did in that circumstance but yeah it's um it's a really really interesting list and um bb8 gives i think gives it i think um what it really needs of something that just doesn't have to worry about shooting things and can go around and do the objectives for you uh, whereas the rest of the list needs to be concentrating on um, kicking the damage out because it's only four ships and needs to be trimming the number of opponent ships down as quickly yeah. as it can in what is i mean let's be honest a five ship meta yeah he's still the best um two ship well no he's not the best two ship two point ship in the game because sabine exists but he's one of the i think he's second in the in, in my big list of two point ships i think he's mm. the second best option um i don't think there's something better in other factions um, so yeah, well done to to top eight and a quick rundown of lists. Um, if you look down the kind of the, the broader factions a little bit down the bottom, we always like to call out the person who comes highest up with scum. So well done to Pete McCabe, um, who came in 14th with uh, a YV, a Hawk, two Y-Wings and a Road Class Starfighter. It sounds like the start of a joke, but he went three and two. So, um, you know, he's had a good day. He's just not... Um, He's not had a good enough strength of schedule to be able to to push up into cut. Um, so well done to Pete. And then um, Marcus that we've had on the podcast before was the highest finishing separatist player. We're just going to call out the the underrepresented factions, let's say. I um, really like his list as well, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's got three Roombas in it. It has. So <laughs> it's got Dirge, Cadbane. They've both got proton cannons and he didn't listen to me because he kept the proton cannons on CAD and was like, you're not going to get it. 
I mean, he went three and two, but if he'd have taken an iron cannon, he'd have gone four and one. He'd have won the whole tournament, right? At, <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> and worlds. Um, Let's go. They'd move worlds to Milton Keynes if he'd have taken an iron cannon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's the fact that he's got three HMPs as well. Uh, we are seeing a resurgence of them. And like he's he sent me this list a few times and slow, like slightly changed everything. But it's something that I... I'm looking at and I'm going, if I am going to use separatists, I'm probably going to look at this type of list mm-hmm. because it just seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at it and I think, you know, that's the kind of nonsense that I enjoy seeing across the table when you're at a big tournament because it get, can get a little bit demoralizing if you're across from the same archetype over and over and over again at an event. But, you know, just looking at how this kind of how how the event kind of played out right down to kind of 10th it was basically republic re, uh, sorry rebel and resistance heaven with a little bit of um republic then tim came 11th with his republic and then there was obviously the the, the list that, that finished second cam's list um and a book ending all of all of those falcons um but you look like further down into the tournament, there are still instances of those rebel and resistance kind of archetypes that we're expecting to see not doing so well. But then you've got the rest of everything. So there was almost like a thing here where it was like, well, it turns out that I can't beat all of those hand lists. So I'm going to just play and have fun for five rounds (laughs) elsewhere in the table. I can't get into cut now, but I'm going to enjoy myself. And I think, I mean, looking down it, there's nothing here that's kind of obviously like a nonsense jank where, you know, everybody's taken something. You can look at the archetypes and, and you can look at the lists and think everybody's thinking about how do I handle Han? What do I do to deal with Han? And, and has a game plan for it. And obviously over the course of the day, sometimes it pans out and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting. I am interested as well that we haven't actually had anybody play out the... Um, the, the the US three arcs Padme Anakin uh, Tim your list was fairly close to it with three arcs but you then had Luminara and Padme instead yeah. of Anakin and Padme it's so. quite interesting actually looking at some of the uh, the comments in the Twitch chat where people are just like no Anakin this is you know sort of saying that's the wrong choice it's like I mean I don't know if if you play against it you might not be feeling the same because I did make a few people uh, very unhappy especially Han players. Over the weekend, because um, I know um, Ollie Williams, Andy Cameron, both ran Han against me, and both had serious head scratching over what Padme does to Han's ability. Well, you against Ollie Williams. I thought you'd just call it the eighteen, 18 and O win and go to the bar. Rude. Ollie, Ollie was very nice, and I listed very bad things to him. So um, Luminara and Padme as a combo is disgusting, and I think yep. we can leave it at that. Um, it's 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 more than disgusting; it's horrifying. It's so it's, 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 it's having it's, been on the receiving end of it. It it like yeah. I'm, I will say actually about the game I had with Tim. I we got about into turn three, and I felt that Tim was in such a commanding position on that game as well. Like I definitely think like some wrong crits at the wrong moments. And like some dice not quite going your way played a very large element in actually the out the overall outcome of of that game. Um, but Luminara's ability combined with Padme just shuts so much of what any ship can do down. 
um yeah it's um it's incredible and not something that again you look at on paper and it doesn't quite click until it happens to you it, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things like it what it does is it pushes average roles to bad roles mm. that you then can't correct as as you would do normally um and it's just one of those like if if you roll all hits and crits out of hand which is possible then you know, sure i can't do much about that um and you know the arcs take damage um but yeah if you roll average dice i can make your your roll worse and then really limit what you can do and also because obviously the timing of the modifications is I almost have like sort of perfect knowledge to decide is this is this what I want to do? Who else has got bullseyes? Because Luminar can't use it on bullseye abilities and stuff. And you know, like I can patience to regenerate a force at the start of uh, uh, of the engagement phase. But if I've got a bullseye shot back, then I'm adding an eyeball result. Um, so like even though I'm depleted, I can still roll essentially three dice at range one um or two two in the eyeball essentially isn't it and then yeah it's it, 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 i think against certain metalists like um it helps the arcs massively against munitions because they're normally chucking that range three so there's no um no bullseye in play so yeah i could certainly play play around a lot with that i mean that's essentially what happened with um ollie williams um uh plasma torpedo from wedge so basically, the arc has no agility, but I lost no shields Be- because uh, I managed to selfless the crit onto um, Oddball, and because it was single modded, uh, Luminara made sure it was just the crit that was going in. So yeah, Drag lost no shields, and and Oddball just took one with selfless. So you know, little things like that, and then you know you you've still got the focus passing, which which helps. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting when you look at the sort of the Twitch chats back. Unfortunately, I think the internet was particularly bad in my game. So my game's well, mine and Robin's game is really chopped up. Um, yeah, so there's forty k players all looking at the internet while they're playing. Yeah, so like looking at the Twitch chat is quite interesting to see what people they expect the meta list to be the default list, and I very much disagree with that. Like taking the meta list as your starting point is probably a good thing. Because that's it's probably like an efficient list that's doing well, but you've absolutely got to tinker with it to your own play style and, and how you like. Now you might make it worse, um, but you might also like just add little bits in that just fly better to your play style. I feel personally attacked by that, Tim. No, absolutely, we're doing Take wrong. It, taking, taking a metal list and making it worse—that's that's my modus operandi. That is. Yeah, but, but, it's not um, your fault that your play style's just bad. Yeah, bad. What's but, your place? Oh, bad. But yeah, but the, but it's but it's not to say that taking a meta list is going to be an automatic. This is going to win me the, the event. You know, you do need. Oh to, yeah. You do need to like, sort of play and practice and tinker with the list. I have a very distinct memory of my first. I'm going to say big tournament, and I think it was an Element Games Store Championship back when just after Nand Torfs, no, Justin Fua, just after Justin Fua had won Worlds with. His um, it was like some jump master nonsense with Teltravura and Dengar, and there was a lot of people turned up to the store to to the championship at Element, flying the exact same list, the Telgar jump master list, and I was I ended up three and three or whatever, and I met so many people in the mid tables who were 
really sad because they'd picked up Justin Fu's list, stuck it on the table without really understanding what its weaknesses were and what it was good at and kind of was shoving them across the board and expecting it to autopilot them to a win. Um, and I think a lot of people do that with the strong metal lists is that they don't understand the detail of the complexity of what it can do and they just expect it to do it for them. And when it doesn't, they're a little bit surprised. But um, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I was seriously worried I was going to do exactly that with yeah. uh, the list I took because I'd had two games with it prior to... Um, uh, arriving at this event um and i def will definitely say my first couple of games had a lot of very rapid learning uh, going on in them yeah i mean you've you've got to protect so many of the pieces like lando is critical not mm -hmm. just in the opening engagement you've got to keep him around for you know I suppose the closer you get to end game the more you don't want to lose those seven points so you're either like i, I can get him if he goes out early-ish, but not too early, and I've got value out of him and I've traded him for seven points of their ships, then that's fine. But, um, you know, you need to keep him safe. You need to fly your Y-Wings carefully so that one of them doesn't just get absolutely obliterated with them being lower initiative. Um, I think the only piece, really, that you kind of can be a little bit more comfortable with is Elo. But then even then, a T-70 will die if it, faces into too much of the current metas kind of superpowers like you know a shot from han a torp from luke and then whatever follow-up stuff is coming up is still going to make elo into a very sad boy or three barrage rocket bombers with saturation salvo is still going to take that t70 out so um cool um this has been really helpful useful conversation um i'm just conscious of time and how long we've been talking for but one event for <laughs> that's cool. It's, it's fantastic having the UK, like the UK World's Qualifier. Um, I, I'm gonna um just put out there. We a lot of people have been con conversing about the fact that it was very small, um, and that there was only you know 32 tickets for it, and it wasn't good. Um, Chris Mitchell kind of had 80 tickets, and with about I think a month to go to the event, had sold 20. Um, so the event organizers were pushing to say, we're going to give that space to other games who are currently oversubscribed and have a wait list because there was 700 and something people there playing 40K. There were people there playing all sorts of other games. And those games had run out of space. And they were looking at X-Wing and saying, well, you've got, you know, 30 unused tables here. Can we have them, please? Um, so he held out for as long as he could and in the end you know he had to give up a bunch of the tables um which i think he gave up eight tables at the very end to um to 40k and those sold out within something like eight minutes of them becoming available so there was still a huge demand um the london then the london game uh, event was over subscribed people couldn't then get tickets who wanted tickets because they were like oh there's only eight left i better buy one so they all disappeared um and then all of a sudden, people weren't able to get tickets. So I think lesson learned here on, on all sides is that AMG need to, well, not AMG, because it's Asmodee as much as anybody else, need to confirm the existence of a world's qualifier as a world's qualifier early. Now, we know that LGT is going to have one now because they've had one for two years in a row. Um, so, you know, you can prepare for it. It's always on the same weekend. It's an organized way in advance. Um, but if you are going to buy a ticket, you need to buy a ticket early because those event organizers, they need to sell tickets to, to make their money back because these are expensive conventions to run. Um, 
And if they've got 30 people waiting to buy tickets for a different system, they're not going to let X-Wingers just faff for a bit. So I just uh, jump um, in there. So um, yeah. first thing is that, uh, so I think this is run on behalf of Asmodee UK. So obviously different areas run different bits and um, their organized play person was around and had a conversation with Chris and I think obviously, you know, perhaps talking about numbers and uh, I know it was brought about the Sift Taker Open being 128 players and this and, you know, and maybe the suggestion has been made that the reason that it sold out is because of all that notice. You know, we put tickets up a year in advance and people knew the date and the format and everything like that. So, you know, that is very much been taken on board. Uh, what I would say, though, as a player, this is my first time travelling to the London GT. Uh, for everybody else, that you know, I, I do see that comment. And I was very much the same of, oh, it's in London, that's too much hassle to travel to. Um, I did post a, um, a just a very quick sort of recap of the event on the UK and Ireland Facebook group. But I would say that it's not in London as such. Um, so, yes, it is London, but it's very much North London. Um, so I actually found it very easy. It's not proper London. No, it's I, North London. But I found it. I but I found it very easy to get in and out of. Um, yeah. So like you know, for for me, like um, I've never lived in London my entire life. You know, I've 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 lived in various places in the UK. Um, but yeah, my knee jerk reaction is, oh, it's too much hassle. You know, do I do, do I get the tube? Do I, what do I do? Um, so I actually stayed at the Luton South Premier Inn and drove in and out each day. It was a thirty minute drive. Um, M1, M25, um, you know, it was straight in off the M25. Like, there's like a literally a, a beeline straight down from the motorway to the Lee Valley Athletics Center. There was like 800 space car park, which was free to use. Um, so, um, like, getting in and out was, was dead easy. Um, obviously, if you didn't want to drive, there was plenty of trains and um, bits and bobs around. There's a campsite next door. I know a few people... There weren't, have... there weren't any trains. There was a train strike. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> get the point. Yeah. But yeah, you know, there, there are there are options. Um, there are several hotels nearby, but obviously by the time they and announced the, the X-Wing... Yeah, the, the, um, the, so the X-Wing, um, because it's announced so late, all the hotels are sold out or too expensive... Uh, I know a few people use the campsite next door, which was like fifteen pounds for the, the, you know, the, what do they call it? The pitch. Pitch. That's the word I was looking for. I was gonna, I wanted to say steak for some reason, which was wrong. Um, but I'm hungry. But so so for Manchester, I think it's about three and a half hour drive, four hour drive um, to, you know, down to Luton or down down to Lee Valley. Um, so actually, I, I I found the transport side of it a lot easier. Yes, it's yeah. a fifty pound ticket, but certainly for us, top thirty two, we got all got the Jedi punch and stuff. So you know that was fine, and and actually fifty pounds for and and Chris put on a, a fantastic side event as well. Um, I didn't play in the side event because I decided to help Nick out with commentary on the the, the stream. Um, but there was a free to play side event for everybody to play, and so it was it was two full days of X Wing, eight games for everybody essentially, because anybody that got knocked out on the top eight round also got moved across the side event. Um, so that was really good. The food on site was decent. Um, yes, it's a little dear, but I mean twelve pounds. I had a big tray of kebab, chips, halloumi, um, for yeah for twelve pounds on the Saturday, and um, I actually didn't mind spending you know the money on that. Um, so I, I'd say like I would certainly give it a consideration next year for people who who, who might be on the fence about it. Um, and all we can really hope for is that AMG, Asmodee UK, um, you know, a few others take 
you know the, the constant feedback we give that you know the community gives which is we just want notice on these events so we can plan and also we want to avoid clashes with other yeah. you know, main events mm-hmm. so like logistically achievable um the the main thing with the notice is, you know, if you're going to spend a weekend away from family or or whatever, um, or you know, you've made other arrangements, then, you know, getting six or eight weeks notice just might not be enough time to be like, is it okay for me to go to London for for a weekend um, yeah. and play X Wing? Um, you know, no, because we've arranged for this, that, or the other thing to happen that weekend, or, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's it's just timing. But like I know Nick was talking on the Farcast stream about kind of the same points that you've been running through. You know, if you you know if you're willing to to drive down um, and camp, you can do it for really cheap. Um, I think the ticket's too expensive. I think fifty quid um, for for that when even the UK Games Expo was kind of. I think I think that including yeah, expo cost. The big, the big, the big issue they've got with cost. Sorry, Robin, I'll let you jump in a sec. But yeah, um, the, the big issue with cost, it, from from a, a tournament organizer's point of view, um, is that you know you could very crudely say that that seat's either going to be an X-wing player or it's going to be a forty k player, and the forty k players will be paying fifty pounds for their two day like main event tickets. You know, and won't yeah, because that's normal. Yeah, yeah. won't bat an eyelid. So that's the issue you've got with combining X-Wing into these other events, where for an X-Wing event, we probably see about £20 as the norm for a one-day event. Yeah. It's yeah. only in the UK. I mean, it, obviously, it'll be different for different countries, but, I mean, that's that's roughly where where, where we look. Um, sorry, Robin, you, you wanted to say as well. Uh, no, I was, I like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I will say the £50, like, ticket did give me a moment of pause. Mm. Um but you know, I in retrospect, obviously well worth it. Um, it came with a free flight to Chicago. <laughs> couldn't ask for better value. But I do, I do think um, it is really worth just emphasising the fact that this was a sold out event that then did have a wait list. And the reason that we dropped down to that twenty seven, and it's very easy to look and be like, oh, it's only twenty seven people. But the train strike hit the number of attendees and there was definitely a queue of people who wanted to be there so i could easily have seen this event kind of like sort of pushing 40 50 people yeah um if there had been those opportunities and if we hadn't been in that kind of like and it makes a lot of sense to do these kind of like combined system events but you're spot on when you say that it then puts pressure on every system to kind of like justify its footprint yeah yeah so i'll I'll jump in there as well and say like the 50 pound price tag just put me off and I'm in a privileged position because I am spoiled by being able to go to the Sith Taker Open where it's like £35 a ticket and I get two good days of X-Wing and too much drink. But <laughs> Not when included got, in the price. <laughs> not included in the price, no, but it's it's the company you keep and you're yeah. all awful influences as well as myself being a bad one. But because the Sith Taker Open is such good value for money, it's hard to justify £50 knowing that I've yeah. also got to get to London, but also I'm paying £50 just for X-Wing. There's nothing really I want to walk around, which is why I like the Expo, because I do enjoy going around the Expo when I'm not playing X-Wing. But you also live next door to the Expo. I so. do also live very close to the Expo. 
Yeah, I think it's it's different value propositions for different people. You know, like the 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 LGT for people that kind of are in and around London is like it's a no brainer because yeah, it's fifty quid, but you know they can stay at home and they can drive in. And as Tim's mentioned, you know it's it's not difficult to get to, uh, particularly you know early on a weekend morning sort of thing when you don't have rush hour on the twenty five to contend with. But um, you know for people further north or further afield or overseas it's like all of the cost of getting to london and staying in london added on to a 50 quid ticket it's yeah i mean i would love for there to be a world's qualifier in the north um to align to the fact that there's one in the midlands at the uk games expo and one in the south at the, at the lgt i think that would be good um how far north you think in glasgow um to be honest it would be great if there was more big events in Scotland so that the community there could grow around them. Um, the guys up there do an absolutely fantastic job, but they they do have to travel south for anything bigger than a store-level championship. Um, and that's just because people aren't willing to travel up from... I mean, like, kind of, I think, as far south as Manchester, it would be a fe- feasible journey for a one-day bigger event. Um, but... You know, like if they were doing regionals, we might look at moving up that way. Um, but, you know, people from the far south wouldn't travel all the way up to Scotland for an event. Similarly, the people in Scotland won't travel all the way down to London for an event. Um, it's just not worth it. You know, Birmingham's enough of a haul um, for things like um, Games Expo and even the Sith Taker Open. You know, the guys are making a weekend of it. Um, so, you know, anyway, um, not that I'd love the STO to become a world's qualifier. We've, we've chatted about it and we've approached Asmodee so many times and we're just basically waiting for policy to happen that allows it to, to occur. But um, there's a lot of stuff stopping it from happening at the moment, not least our time frame. It's too close to Worlds to be part of the competitive season at the moment. So we would either have to move timings and, and other things would have to change. So um, for people who... World. <laughs> yeah, it's probably easier. Um, it's, it might be easier to actually get a venue for Worlds than it is to get a venue a time element for a full weekend. But um, because it's yeah, no, like if we could, if we could, there's a lot of stuff that we can and and you know we can think about changing. We've had so many conversations, and people ask us, you know, why isn't the STO a Worlds qualifier? And the simple fact of the matter is that Asmodee have told us that there isn't a pathway for community-led events to become uh, qualifiers. Um, and if we look at any of the qualifiers that are going across the country at the moment or across the world at the moment, they're always part of a game convention. Um, and they've always got um, multiple games happening, not at the very minimum. Um, it's got the Star Wars game set happening at it and often other things as well, so like the UK Games Expo, the LGT, that kind of stuff. Uh, but the Star, World's quali- the, 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 the Star Wars World's qualifiers have always got X-Wing, Legion and... Um, armada events going on all at the same time so um we can't we can't do that without changing what the sto is about so it's something that we we keep talking about though and if soon as anything changes like we won't be able to keep it to ourselves because i'll be too excited and i'll probably indiscreet at some point on a monday night when i'm talking while being recorded so um right we are going to move on from the uk game uh, Could I could I I nab two minutes just quickly at the uh, the the end of this? Uh, Just because I'm I'm aware I talked about um, a couple of a couple of the people I played with, but I just want to say all of my games were fantastic. All of them were kind of like a massively high caliber. All of them really kind of like taught me things about X Wing whilst I was playing. Um, I think I've talked about three of the folks I played against, but I just want to quickly mention um, played ended up playing Dale twice 
Um, and uh, A, I think his list is great. And, you know, Dale's an absolutely top-notch player. And it was really interesting to see all of the lessons that he took from our first game and applied to our second game to make me have to work so, so, so much harder in that second game to barely squeak out a victory. Because I think our final score was like 21 to 20. Uh, in our in our top four game uh, and just to, to really just kind of like um quickly uh talk about um my game with cam in the um swiss uh came to a draw uh, and then during our uh fine final game we managed to keep that score drawn almost all the way through but um i just want to say that he was an absolute pleasure uh to game with and like literally we went out we had lunch together before our final game like really like lovely relaxed chat and then an absolute like sort of it felt like a club night game in the best Mm -hmm. possible way for a final where there was kind of like flights and accommodation on the line it was like absolute you know absolute credit to the spirit of x-wing there yeah i've just just looking at your um at your summary and i was going yeah you're going to need to mention all these players and then i realized that across your eight games you only played five people or was it four (laughs) Was it five people or four people? Uh, so Tim, Tim, Dale, Cam, Dave. Tim, Dave, Dale, Cam. Four. Yep. No, five. So, so five, but then yeah. three yeah. three repeats in the, the, the yeah, Swiss. Uh, the, yeah. the cut, rather. Swiss in the cut, yeah. So you played five different people in Swiss and then three repeats in cut. So, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's why it was a shorter list. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Thanks yeah, well done once again for winning. No, no worries, man. We're going to give you a chance to do shout-outs and everything again oh, at perfect. the end, as as is traditional. So get your pen and paper out and get yourself ready. Um, <laughs> so we, we missed one big event um, last week when we were talking through. Um, there was an, an event involving a, a video of Steven Seagal knows how to hold a gun that distracted me from seeing that the Golden State Games link Tim had put up in our chat um, was there. So um, we're not going to give it half as much airtime as we would have done last week um, had we talked about it, because it was, uh, I think, 48 players um, who turned up to to this game um, in southern San Francisco in California. It was won by somebody who's on roll better as uh, Jordan Madrid. using uh, what appears to be a bomber list. Um, So it was won by Imperials. Um, He's got two Black Squadron aces, Darth Vader, Marek Steel, Tomax Bren, and Major Rhymer. So two bombers, two X1s, and two LNs. Um, I mean, Saturation Salvo bombers plus Boy Vader, and then Marek in that X1 with a shield upgrade and fire control system can do rude things to ships with big hull. Um, So... Um, yeah, well done to Jordan. Um, just briefly mentioned top finishing scum uh, was Joe Churchman, friend of the podcast and um, all around amazing guy who flew scum and villainy to Fangs. Uh, so Fen, Old Terok, Dirge with proton cannons, Limakai with plasma torpedoes, and Boskin as Z95 headhunter. So uh, GG, Joe. Right. Um, I actually have something to say about this list. Go on. So. I was aware it was a scum list and he ended up getting a world's invite for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put it, I took it on stream mm-hmm. uh, last Thursday uh, because I like flying scum. I just don't like scum being bad. And I, by proxy, do not want to be bad using scum. But I knew he did well. And I was like, I'll give it a go. I'll throw it on stream, you know, have a bit of fun. It hits like an absolute Has Liam just disappeared for anybody else? No? If I disappeared, no, I you I disappeared. disappeared. 
I did panic then though. Um, so this list hits like an absolute truck and there's some secret sauce that my opponent, thank you, Andrew, pointed out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the droid that is sitting on Lee Mackay. And it, I think it just worked in my favor that my opponent was using click. Uh, but it is R4B11. So I got to spend a red token on my opponent's ship to reroll any amount of their green dice. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but he reminded me, I was like, I've, he's like, oh, you can spend my click lock to make me re, uh, re-roll these. And I was like, how? And he's like, you've got the droid. I was like, I've got a droid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and honestly, it was it's a, a fun list. And I'd like to see that kind of thing do well more. It's nice seeing Fen on a table. I love you seeing old Tarok on a table, especially after seeing the Onyx Squadron alt art for him, where he looks like the dude from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> but uh, it, honestly, it's a lot of fun, and I'm happy he did well with it. I mean, I had to make some uh, executive decisions with some of the upgrades and change them a bit, and it works off in my favour. But I think just taking it at face value and putting the list on the table as is is a good idea. And I think anyone that wants to use Scum should use this list and just have a bit of fun with it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something before we move on from this one about this event. What number did the highest finishing Falcon come in at? Bearing, uh, in, bearing in mind that they did eight rounds of Swiss, I think, or maybe seven rounds of Swiss and then a top eight. Highest ranking Falcon. Highest ranking Falcon in the entire tournament. This can't be true. Well, I don't know, 15th, something like that? 13th? 13th. Really? Mm. Oh, I thought I was I thought I was being optimistic with my, my low balling there. <laughs> so the highest ranking rebel list was PDX X Wing, which was two Fangs, A, Sabine, and, and I think it's Bistan. Um, so it's like the like a, a quasi um, Heritani token sharing thing. So, but uh, Bistan is uh, not Bistan. Benthic, apologies. Benthic in the U wing um, is got perceptive co-pilot and is giving Hera kind of two tokens to to share around. Um, and it's got you know Sabine, Bodica, Fen, and you know it's got a, a lot of very powerful pieces in. Um, and he came second. But yeah, yeah, the highest finishing uh, Falcon list was um, Kavan Singh who. Uh, came in 13th with Han, Wedge, Luke, Sabine, and Keel. So, um, very quite a nice different meta. Factions in there as well. Yeah, it is. Eight. Really nice spread of factions. Uh, so, we're missing, yeah, we're missing <laughs> separatists. separatists and. Uh, that's it. Uh, oh, so six. Republic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Republic. Republic. Yeah, highest finish in Republic's 10th. And. Highest finishing separatist was Daniel Lim, aka Isophane, um, who finished 16th with Tri Fighters and a Roomba and some other stuff. Um, so, anyway, well done to Jordan um, and the Golden State Games. Good big event. Uh, good to see. Um, Going to quickly skip across a couple of other ones um, who've got lists in. Uh, so, that's why I'm not talking about that one because there's no lists in it. Um, the Epicos. X-Wing Store Championship Episode 2 Attack of the Clones was in Northeast American Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it was won by a name from the past from the Birmingham Barons, Joel Killingsworth. 
which is somebody that I used to listen to the podcast of when it, they did a podcast. Um, so he went 4-0 in a four-rounder with uh, Imperials. So he's got um, Darth Vader. So he's taken the... Uh, the new ver- the new version, the starter pack Vader, the one with ion missiles, with Suntir Fell, uh, Tomax, Major Rhymer, and Lurir. So two saturation salvo bombers and uh, two aces, and then a, an objective running quasi ace with targeting computer Lone Wolf on Lurir. He's, he's fairly fairly sneaky. So well done to Joel for that win. Um, and again, that was a like a seventeen person store championship. Although looking at it, it might be a seventeen cough cough person store championship because there's a lot of zero and one drops um, with single names. So, uh, well done, Joel, on your seventeen person store championship win. Um, I know Asmodee don't listen to this, but apparently an Asmodee rep has said that as long as we report that a store championship has more than sixteen people, they don't care. But if we report that it was fifteen, and please can we have an invite anyway? They've been instructed to say no. So. Do with that information what you would like to do with that information. Um, <laughs> okay, we've got another event that happened in Spain, uh, in Catalonia, um, La Tienda uh, Scum in Barcelona. Um, so um, it was won by Metal Bag. Why not? Let's go with the faction Separatists. So, so That's quite exciting. Without looking, oh. without looking, what was their list? It's too late. I looked. I desperately hope that it has got some HMPs in it, but no. I'm not feeling optimistic about that. <laughs> you'll be you'll be sad. You'll be sad. Oh. So, what used to be really good for separatists? I, I mean, I feel like what's in teacher's head now. So, I'm just going to tell you, it was two fire sprays and dirge. So, it was Django, Zam, and dirge. So, you've got. Crew, you've got a force crew on each one. You've got Dooku and Salvage Oppress. You've got a bit of bombs, bit of this, bit of that. Um, bit of Boba Fett Gunner on Django Fett, getting those little free um, mods from being the only thing you're shooting at. Lone Wolf on uh, Django as well. So, um, yeah, three ship lists going to be able to do that. So, well done to Metal Bag, who won. Um, looks like they played uh, four rounds of Swiss and then a, a top eight, I think. Um, Looks like it. Yeah. I might have been four rounds in the top two, sorry. Um so Yeah, four rounds in the top two. Yeah, and then second place was Sergio Sanchez who was flying um a combination of four point clones and Anakin from Siege of Coruscant. So he's got oddball, kickback, contrail, wolf and slider. So a little two point filler in with contrail in as a three pointer. So um yeah, rather than taking the uh, the extra arcs or another bigger punchier ship they've split down and taken uh, slider in fact it's very close to um, Cam's list but it's got Contrail and slider in there instead of Mace I, I like that sixth body in there like that feels like it's doing some useful work slider's very good slider's yeah. a very good objective runner with the ability to sideslip it, it helps him to hang around kind of corner objectives and stuff. He's a really, really good piece. I've had a lot of fun with him in the past. Um, so well done to Metal Bag, if that's what your mum calls you. I'm not going to argue with her. Um, we are briefly going to mention um, a couple more events um, before we kind of go on. Um, there was a big store event that happened down Curtain Games. So it was, I think, 18 people um, played out 
uh, four rounds and, and then a cut. Um, congratulations to uh, Don Flanagan for winning his fourth store four. championship. Yeah. Um, so he's he's now just basically trying to pick them up with factions he hasn't won them with yet. So he took Rebels, he took the, the four-ship Han list with, um, I think, the Fen version. Um and said, "Yeah, this feels like a really strong list," and casually went six and zero over the course of the day. So, well, well done to Dom. Um, I spoke to Dom about this, and he said he wanted to try and win a store champ with each faction. Yeah, which one should I try next? And I was like, "Just take Rebels because it's easy mode if you take Han." Yeah, <laughs> which he did. <laughs> so, um, I think the next. Uh, so, uh, Rich Greenaway came second so he was uh top table with um with tom flanagan so as a result rich greenaway has got a um world's invite um so congratulations to him and i believe he's intending to go i didn't ask you that actually robin um are you are you gonna are you, you're making the trip now you've got flights paid for right uh so i was i i've i've had a bit of an exciting run with the whole thing because i've um i i did a store championship in peterborough that was below the threshold so the the temptation of an invite was there but was not was not real um i came second in the athena games store championship um and then uh this event has secured me my place my partner uh she is a gamer she doesn't do x-wing and it does not fit with her like level of spatial awareness um but she like she does legion she does shack point and she was just like wholeheartedly like she has been cheering me on the whole weekend and was like you are doing this we will figure out how much it's going to cost but we're doing this and now it suddenly doesn't cost anything it's even more so <laughs> awesome awesome well, i'm gonna look forward to meeting you in person then oh um having some beers because uh, oh absolutely yeah i've i've managed to manage to squeak well in so i'm Nice. Going to make the most of it. So, um, Rich Greenaway, by the way, his list just as we were talking about it was the uh, the the forty seventies plus Zori. So he had the Elo Temin Jessica Nimi Chirine version uh, upgrades where I wouldn't put them, but um, different upgrades for different people. It all works in the same way in the end of it. So, um, congratulations, to Rich. I was just actually look. The reason he's got the upgrades where he put them is because of heavy laser cannons on everything. Nice, <laughs> literally everywhere. <laughs> three t70s with a hlc and the one that doesn't have one is jess pava because she doesn't need one i um, i i appreciate that bold decision making there <laughs> that's that's good well, that's amazing um and and it is a list he's called mabel baguette so why not um <laughs> which is probably um in uh in in, in honor of the uh, briefly going to mention it and we're going to get um Aurelian back on uh, next week to talk about the Milan um, World's Open qualifier. So there was two World's qualifiers running um, over the course of last weekend, one in uh, London, obviously, and then one in Milan in Italy. Um, so um, it was a bit of a strange one because there were, I think, 11 Italians at the event. Um, I think they had 25 players or 26 players in the end. Um, so, you know, it it didn't really... By the Italian community hasn't really warmed to 2.5. Um, I'm going to be um, discreet about that um, because it was it's been quite volcanic um, their their rejection um, of it. Um, but the uh, there were a lot of people went over from France, from England, uh, so uh, a whole heap of the guys went over from Sheffield. Um, we're going to talk about the event in in more detail next week. Um, 
So um, I'll I'll save my plaudits for the guys from Sheffield for another day. But um, it was won by Aurelien Coudre from um, Orléans War Games in in France, and he was using uh, a very similar rebel list to the one Rich Greenaway was using. Um, Aurelien is an amazing X-wing player, um, genuinely an amazing X-wing player, and he's been doing really really well recently with this. Um, so uh, it's it's Elo Zori, Temin, Vanessa Doza, and Jess Parva. So like one pilot difference, um, and then a bunch of upgrades that are very very familiar to me. It's a terrifying jousting list, and in the hands of somebody who's got really good decision making, really good. Uh, uh, thanks for the term spatial awareness, Robin. Knowing where a three bank goes makes you much better at the game than just roughly guessing every time you decide to dial one in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Aurelian can put his finger on a mat and say, my ship's going to be here um, for basically every manoeuvre template. Um, so, yeah, he's an amazing player. He's done really well. And he's he's finally, um, I happen to know that he has made the final in seven tournaments, but has always lost out. Um, so this has finally broken his bridesmaid duck. So well done to him. And we're going to get him on next week to chat a little bit about XTC, a little bit about this and a little bit about that and give Ben a chance to hear us talking even more about resistance because he's missed out this week. I was about to say, as long as a little bit of this and a little bit of that isn't resistance, fine. Uh, it might be croissants and baguettes because he's French and maybe red wine. Um, Only with water in. It's okay for children. But, you know... It's fine. We're, we're going to chat to Aurelian, uh, as I say, next week, so we can save all of this hilarious banter, um, verging on xenophobia for then, and it'll all be fine. Uh, <laughs> I've already got four questions lined up. You got prepared. <laughs> right. Um, so we've we've run long, but it's been... Well, actually, we haven't run long, have we? Because we've actually started recording a little bit later than normal while waiting for Ben to fix his computer, which he's not been able to do. So... Um, we'll probably run to a, a reasonable amount of time. I find the conversation with you really useful, Robin. Um, sometimes we ask uh, people who come on um, who've won stuff um, a, a couple of questions about their thought processes for X-Wing. So I'm um, sorry to drop this one on you, but uh, an answer off the cuff is often more honest than one that you've had time to prepare. Um, what happens in your brain when somebody says back to dials? So you're playing a game, stuff has happened, somebody says, right, back to dials. How does your thought process work? Um, that's a that's a really interesting question. Um, take a snapshot of what the current board state is, throw out the plans you made last round because they're no longer relevant um, and aren't helpful for the current state of the board. Um, and then try to leverage your ship's maneuvers dials to the best you can um the big thing that i have found that i need to do is kind of like mentally set my dials from lowest to highest initiative even if that's not what i end up physically doing just making sure that everything ends up in the right place because one of the biggest challenges i ran on ran into early on when i was playing x-wing was that kind of like oh no these don't move in that order do they and things would just kind of like smash and plow into each other um with the change uh Something I so something I very much appreciated that AMG did uh, with the game was the switch to the road roll. I think that's um, meant that you don't have the miserable experience of about having spent one too many points on your CTFL and losing games as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but with that um there's that whole then kind of like extra level of how much am i willing to gamble on that role going my way or not and what are the consequences for it not going the right way um that's a very different value proposition with the lando list because if lando runs into things then he gets to do red focus actions which is actually ideal for him um, it's fine right it's yeah fine. That's fine. um I, I i suddenly cottoned onto that at the start of my second game and i was like wait a minute <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was just interested. Just pick up on something you said at the start. There's to kind of leverage your dials to the, you know, to what your ships can do. Like, are you thinking about where your opponent might put their ships, and then where can I put my ships that will be able to capitalize on that? Or are you thinking where do I want to put my ships, and where my opponent will probably put theirs? It'll be fine. Like, are you thinking? I need to kill box you or are you thinking I need to dodge your kill boxes or does that just depend on board state on the turn that you're going into? Um, this is going to sound a bit odd, but kind of neither of those. Um, right. What I tend to be thinking about is where do I need to put my ships to score the objective points? And then as a secondary consideration, what can I then kill as a result of where they're facing? Um, okay. Like my um, the last round of my game with Cam, the talent roll I do uh, with Elo in the final is not the manoeuvre I wanted to do, but it's the manoeuvre to guarantee that I've got a ship that's going to survive within range two of that centre objective to not give up those two points. And yeah, then whatever I end up facing towards and whatever I end up shooting is the bonus of that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so you would describe your play style as objectives as a primary win condition in most instances. Like you're not trying to score 15 points out of killing ships you're trying to score the the winning points through crates or holding objectives or whatever kind of yeah but also with the knowledge that my opponent either needs to come near those objectives to play the mission or be willing to give up those points and as you say then start playing for those kind of like 12 15 plus points of ship kills because they've forsaken or like given up on the the objective element of the game uh, at that mm -hmm. point um okay. like definitely in a couple of my games over the course of the weekend like being able to reliably leverage the objective points really put me in a much stronger position than i think it would have been if i was purely relying on just the firepower of my list yeah yeah okay that's interesting thank you very much um yeah i i, I always like um to ask people because i think everybody's answer is always just a little bit different mm. um and i think that's because we're all a bit different and how our brains work is all a bit different. So, you know, like from people who just kind of build kill boxes and hope that something flies into them to, you know, like some, some of the people that we've chatted to have been like, I think what's the worst thing that could happen to me this turn. Um, and other people oh, I like put that. themselves in their, in their opponent's shoes and say, how am I going to try and kill his ships? Where would I put my ships? And then, so, like, they're almost trying to second guess what their opponent is going to do before mm -hmm. they then double bluff their opponent kind of thing. So it's like, I'm, I'm far too simple for that. I just try and put my ship somewhere where they'll probably get to shoot something and won't be on a rock. Um, so, you know, often works, <laughs> but not always. <laughs> All right, Robin, thank you very much for that. It's, uh, it's been hugely interesting. Um, and I've really appreciated the conversation. It's, it's, been, it's been fantastic to have you on. Um, Great, thank you. We're going to just start with the old wrap-up. So, Robin, this is your opportunity to do all of those shout-outs for all of those literally 
ones or fives of people who you're going to tell to listen to the podcast you don't normally um because you're on it absolutely um so um obviously thank you to everyone at the world's qualifier for excellent games a generally excellent atmosphere like this has been a really friendly event to participate in despite the fact that you know it was a room full of absolutely top tier players all playing for something where there's a lot of the time in x-wing you're playing for kind of like literal pennies worth of cardboard and plastic uh, and in this one you know it's flights and accommodation and that's a very different equation and everyone yeah. absolutely kept what i think of i've always valued about x-wing of that kind of like that really nice friendly we're all in it together kind of like mindset about it um mm-hmm. huge shout out to uh chris and the rest of the team who organized the event because it's a lot of work and they as ever were lovely and friendly and helpful and kept everything on a very functional level and then on a more uh, personal basis um my uh, partner ellie is uh, a massive nerd a massive uh, gamer she doesn't do x-wing but she does do other related star wars things and other miniatures games and she has been fabulously supportive to the extent that she was at um, a role-playing game uh, whilst uh, my top cut games were going on and was providing a running commentary and set of updates to everyone else of varying levels of interest in in my excellent career uh, whilst that was happening uh, so her support has been huge and um everyone in the norwich x-wing community um i i've gone from being a player who was very nervous about the idea of organized play to someone who like it's where i can it's what i spend my weekends doing now um and a big part of that is the the folks i play with on a wednesday night uh down at my local game store um that's athena games uh in norwich mm-hmm. um who have um really helped me uh develop as a player and kept me engaged and have done a huge amount of work with me to rebuild our community post covid uh, and everything else so it's been it's been fantastic uh and just in terms of this weekend uh a uh, big thank you to darren for for driving me and my friend phil down and a huge thank you to phil who was also playing in the event um despite having had um, a little bit less than the run he'd hoped for at the event, being a huge cheerleader for me at every stage. So, yeah, thank, thank you to all of those folks. Awesome. Um, funny story, but when I first started playing X-Wing, however many years ago it was now, I don't even want to think about it, like six or seven years ago, um, Athena Games had a YouTube channel that they used to post um, X-Wing yes. content to. Um, and it was one of the first places where I decided that I was going to go and start devouring internet content about X-Wing to try and make myself into a better player. And it was one of the first places I started watching streamed games on um, and recorded oh, games fantastic. on. So um, long, long, long time ago. And I have no idea if any of those guys are still playing. But um, uh, not, yeah. not as often as they'd like, but they, they absolutely are. Um, and it's really pleasing to hear that because um, I was kind of like an occasional part of the, um, the, the streaming host side of that. Uh, not, not the instigator, not the organizer by any stretch of the imagination, but that's, um, it's really pleasing to hear that that actually had an impact in an audience. So, yeah. I think that's the thing about, it's the thing about content, like content creation is if you, do a thing and you put it on the internet somebody will look at it and find value from it and and you know you might not ever know that but 
you know, I think it's why things like Patreon and, and that kind of stuff are really, really good because some content creators are genuinely brilliant and they create amazing, amazing content, but they don't ever really realize. And a lot of people do it for absolute free. They just push it out into the ether and they have no idea if people are looking at it or not. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's just, yeah, it's really good. Um, I just remember like the, one of the guys who was doing commentary was like, yeah, I've been playing for two years. And he was like talking all highbrow about it. And I was like, oh, wow, two years. Wow, wow. And then I was like, I went somewhere and met somebody who was like, yeah, I've been playing since it launched, like however many years ago it was. And I was like, oh, I'm such a noob. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was. Um, but now I'm like, oh, seven years in and still just addicted. It's amazing. So, um, Liam, I, have I you thought any... that word was going to go very differently there, but yeah. What? Addicted. <laughs> Did you not expect me to say tid at the end? Well, I th- um, yeah, I thought I was going to have to bleep it, but yeah. <laughs> Liam, have you any shout-outs or anything else that you want to say? You don't have to bleep out. Do you? Tim? Yeah. No. Oh, there we go. I was hoping I'd get bleeped, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to shout out to Tim for putting up with me on stream on the Thursday. Uh, I understand it was a very fast game, especially with dolls and everything, and we missed quite a few things. I moved out of sequence. I deployed out of sequence. I wasn't quite with it. Um, But also I want to shout out, going on the back of the Patreon comment you made there, Rich, uh, to Jason Denton of Enigma Wargaming. Uh, To his Patreons, he did like a treasure hunt type puzzle solving thing. So it's like an escape room almost, wasn't it? It was like clues and things that you had to crack and then yeah, like so give you the up, next clue. He put up like different ciphers, different puzzles and whatever. And you'd always have to try and crack some form of code. And there's like a little riddle at the end and everything. I managed to do it. It was quite fun. And it was nice just like, oh, he's posted something. Just running away to like a the corner of the sofa and with a pen and pad and just start noting everything down, just trying to figure out the cipher. Like, oh, he's posted this completely in Orobesh or Galactic Basic, however you want to refer to it. So I'd there, I was there just writing everything down. It was great fun. And, uh, I mean, I managed to get a uh, £50 ending the Wargaming voucher out of it as well. I always seem to do well on his, uh, on his streams and everything through his patreon and i've definitely got more money out of it than i have i've put than i have put into it it's great value and big shout out to him because it's one of these patreons where you actually feel engaged when he does stuff like this and he tries to do it as regularly as he can as he can uh, and i think that see also when he did the uh stream for the x-wing life uh weekend like he was engaging with people he was doing giveaways and whatever and it was just nice having input into someone yeah. else's project, which when you are a painter, it's a very solo venture. And I've never had seen a solo venture like that where I've felt actively engaged. So definitely reach out and, and try and take advantage of it. Tim put me onto it. He was like, you might win something. And then the next day I win a voucher. So <laughs> so I get commission is what you're saying. For- that's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. You get an honorable okay. mention, Tim. Nice. Um. I'm just going to mention... Oh, no, Tim, you go next. You go next, and then I'll I'll have a little waffle. Yep, uh, so I will say, um, considering none of my clubmates wanted to travel down to London, so I went down on my Todd, 
I, I, I felt that I knew a lot of people at the event anyway, but actually did also meet, um, you know, people I've, I've not sort of had a chance to speak to before. Uh, Robin, certainly, uh, Richard, who was my uh, Game 5 opponent, uh, who I believe came down from Scotland. Uh, I didn't want to jump in on your, your earlier comment. Um, he certainly, I think he said he was a Scotland-based player. Um, was it Tim Gronberg? No, I said Richard. Oh, Richard, sorry. But, but so thanks, Tim... I know I wasn't talking about resistance, but, you know, it's my time no. to talk. My time to talk now, you know. <laughs> um, so um, just want to say a big thanks to everybody at the event. Like, so, like, you know, it felt like, although I didn't come down with sort of my, my, my team, my club as such, uh, that, you know, there was already, like, loads of people down there who were just friends. Um, so a lot, a lot of people I talked to. I had five cracking games, um, played a couple of people I've played before, like Andy Cam and uh, Ollie Williams, but then I also got to play Denny, which was a cracking game, and Richard, which was my, uh, the final game. Um, I think I'll just echo um, uh, previous comments about, obviously, Chris and Sean, who ran the event. Uh, super smooth, despite having to, I think, rebuild Roll Better three times uh, due to various issues with that. Um, and, yeah, we didn't notice anything from a player point of view about, obviously, how that was running. Um, Firecast Focus... If you haven't done already, you can go back and watch the games. Um, certainly the internet's a lot better for the day two coverage. Um, if you want to come back, you can listen to my um, sultry tones doing commentary on the top eight game and co-commentary on the semi-final. Um, what Nick does and obviously Pond um, and Dom uh, is a fantastic sort of um, bonus for us sort of in the community going out and actually streaming these events so do go and support them if you can they've just invested in a new camera and i think the picture quality is loads better and i know the next thing they're going to fund is a wireless well um 5g dongle um so that should hopefully help them get round internet connectivity issues at future events um so yeah do go and check out firecast focus if you can um and also on a thursday night come and check me out um, so I am doing TTS streaming, um, XTC build up, and then LT XTC games um, at Sith underscore Taker underscore Tim. Yeah, um, Firecast do um, have a merch line at the moment as well, um, so you can go and uh, I'm not sure where you can buy it from if you can't access their streams and type um, exclamation point merch but there is a link um, that takes you to places where you can buy their stuff I know one of them is Cogatu have a Farcast range uh, which has got their kind of branding all over it but a portion of every sale that that's made of of their stuff um, goes back to them and uh, they pile it all straight back into the stream so that they can improve their equipment um, so yeah as t Tim said they're already starting to pile money into it and you can see the improvements so um talking about streamers um i'm just in in my little bit now um i found out today that dion morales of gold squadron is stepping back from the gold squadron podcast um so i believe that his intention is still to continue um or that the gold squadron podcast will still continue with the other guys um doing it but the dion stepping back i don't know what it means for streaming and i don't know what it means for for any of the other stuff that he does um but uh, Dion has provided streams and content for a long time into the X-Wing community. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that he's, uh, he's stepping down, but he's been doing it for a while and he's got kids and all that kind of stuff. So he's obviously got different life priorities coming in now. So, um, 
bit of an odd one. The uh, the old guard of American X Wing seems to be stepping back. So Fly Better have have disappeared, and now Gold Squadron have disappeared, and yeah, it's all a bit kind of all a bit odd. But anyway, they're all still playing as far as I can gather, but they're just uh, stepping back from the content creation side. So I'd just like to give Dion a quick shout out for for kind of the work that he's done. You, you um, might get unbanned from the Twitch now, though. I know I am on. I got unbanned. I sent him a a, a nice email a, a while ago. It was just like, kind of like, dude, you banned me two years ago, and I've been good ever since. Can you just unban me, please? So <laughs> he did. Um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> this 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 was not a please unban me from your channel just before you shut it down message. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, I think next week, as I said, we're going to get Aurelian on to talk about um, Milan. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about um, any store championships that have come up, as well as anything else that, that piques our fancy. So um, on that cheerful note, I was going to say goodbye from Robin. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks so much for having me and for everyone for such a great event. Always <laughs> no fun. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Uh, goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And goodbye for me. Cheers for listening. Speak to you next time. London calling through the faraway towns. Now war is declared and battle come down. London calling to the underworld. Come out of the cupboard, you boys and girls. London calling. Now don't look to us. Phony Beatlemania has bitten the dust. London calling, see we ain't.